Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Well, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. And then it was like, well, don't let anybody shit on you. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hey y'all, Katie here. It is time for Agent Systems 101. Doors are opening this week on March 24th, and this time we're featuring a special bonus, time management for agents. If you have questions or want to learn more, just head over to agentsystems101.com. And here are a couple of reviews from past students. Tracy said, thank you so much. I will tell you, I was able to watch a couple of videos one morning while exercising. I actually cried a few tears of relief, excitement, and hope. It was so nice to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm sure that sounds dramatic, but I was just feeling so bogged down and not sure how to move myself forward. I truly can't wait to dig in. And then Emily said, girl, I seriously have to tell you how happy I am with this systems course. Your style of systems is the absolute perfect middle ground between tech and paper. I am such a visual person, and with everything being so techy these days, it feels so good to have permission to have a few things on paper, but still have the tools to stay digitally organized. Every new agent needs this kind of support. Love, 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 and we'll be spreading the word to all of my agent friends. Would love to have you guys join me. Again, head on over to agentsystems101.com to learn more. Bye. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. Guess what? What? It's episode 85. Okay. And that is emotional boundaries. (laughs) We have talked about boundaries and we like to talk about boundaries. We're big fans of a boundary. (laughs) But I do feel like just retouching on this and we have had some more requests for it. So, well, it's never a bad idea to talk about how we can get better at our boundaries. A good boundary refresher. Yep. And there are, I guess, this is different than boundaries in your business that are just simply rules. Right. This is more, how do we deal with the emotional, like, overflow from our work life into our regular brain? Yeah. Um, Also, I will let everyone know today, Murphy (laughs) chose to join us in the studio because he did not like being in his kennel. And so we're going to hope that he doesn't bark at you. Okay, so tell us. You have a story? What's going to happen? I don't really have a story. Oh, gosh. Is this even going to be an episode? Yes. I can't wait. I do feel like you have to be careful. I have to be careful. Okay. Because sometimes you can... It's it's a fine line, boundaries and emotions and everything. And you can easily become desensitized. Oh, yeah. Or like lose the empathy that you have for your clients. Yeah, I just wrote down empathy. Like you you need to have empathy in the business to be mm-hmm. what your clients need. Right. I can remember when I was a new agent, I was probably a year and a half in and I was at our sales meeting and there was an agent named Jennifer Richardson who has been <laughs> I in hope the this business. is a good story. She just yeah, called her right she's up. She's the best. I just love her so much. Um, but she's, a she's been in the business forever and has just been through anything you could possibly she imagine. She knows every scenario. Yes. Okay. And she said, someone had said something about what they, you know, how do I do this? Or how do I not get, this seller is so angry and he's so um, mad that his yeah. house isn't selling and I'm doing everything I can. And, and she said, that is not your monkey on your back. Right. Like, that is his monkey on his back. Yes. And you have said, come over here. Come climb on me. No. And she said, you need to take that monkey off your back and yeah. put it back on him. Right. And tell him that you are doing everything you can, but you can't force anything. Right. And I just remember being like, 
what I think she might even have been the first person that I can remember that ever actually gave permission yes to have boundaries of yeah. some kind to take a day off yeah and I've always remembered that all these years later well yes I mean you know it's funny like our seller's emotions mm-hmm. are not our problem they're not our right. responsibility we do not control them just because your seller is angry or anxious or nervous or upset or or upside down on their house what like these things are not a reflection on you doing the work. And I think what happens is we immediately internalize that and think, oh my God, what am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. Like something, there must be something I need to do. Like, how can I fix Mm -hmm. this problem? Because you just, you don't want anyone to be mad at you. This happens a lot also with newer agents. Yeah. Who maybe only have one or two listings. Um, And they're like, I'm going to hold it open every single Sunday. And I'm going to be doing this and I'm going to be doing that. But, and I understand because they're excited and it's the only thing they have. But imagine if you still had your boundaries Mm -hmm. and instead of dedicating every ounce of energy to this one listing, which really doesn't need to happen. No. That you were on those, in those extra time, reach, going to networking events, handwriting letters to people, right. doing things outside of just that. Like, yes, I understand it's the only piece of business you have. Right. And you need to be treating it well, but it does not need to become your obsession. Life, your whole life. Your whole life where you're like, you know, it's 10 o'clock at night and you're saying, what can I do to sell this house? Well, you know what? I think too, you have to treat it like what, how would you be behaving if you had 10 listings? Right. That doesn't make sense. You're not going to treat it like that. And you have to really set yourself up with good behaviors in the beginning. Yes. Because it is a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. If you have your first listing and you baby it and you check in with a seller every day and you do an open house every Sunday. Well, what happens in three years when you have four listings and mm-hmm. all of a sudden that's just your method mm-hmm. and you don't realize that you are in a pattern of behavior that is taking up all of your time. Right. It's not, no seller needs an update, but no seller needs an update every day. No. But you especially want to update the ones that are being anxious and angry and over the top and the squeaky wheel. So then all of a sudden you're only dealing with the sellers that are right. upset. You're never even talking to the ones that are happy. The ones that are nice and quiet and quietly wondering in their brain where What's you going are. on? But you know what? The only way to make this work is to have the system in place that you use for every client. Mm-hmm. Every buyer gets whatever, updates this way or this type of system for, you know, each part of the process. Every seller gets an update on Tuesday. And like, and you have to communicate with the seller so that they have expectations and understand. So one of the number one tools that when I was doing research on this about setting emotional boundaries in the workplace is that the expectations have got to be set up front. Yes. The good thing about us as realtors is that our clients are rotating. Right. You always have a chance to fix it. (laughs) So if you messed up and did not set boundaries with the first person, then uh, yeah, it's okay. And try again with the next client. Right. But the problem is, okay, so I don't know if you have like an example or anything, like thinking back to when you were newish. Okay. And you... Because I, I can give, I actually wrote down some examples of like when I had no boundaries. Oh, great. <laughs> I can't wait to hear them. Um, and so what I had a listing presentation. Okay. That I had made, <laughs> modified, and I, I made it based on like advice of other agents. Right. And, you know, the things I put in there are things that they told me were important. For example... I have on there, I had in there at one point that you could call or text me at any time. (laughs) Anytime. Anytime. (laughs) Like, that is not okay. No. And I also put, if I ever miss your call, I have a 20-minute response. (gasps) Yes. You put that out in the world. It was in my listing presentation. That's intense. I was looking through it, and it was so full of over promises no no's especially when it's because you know i was new and the reason that the reason that we struggle with emotional boundaries in the workplace this is any workplace yeah 
is because no matter what industry you're in, the competition is fierce. Right. There's a lot of people out right. there. Like, how do I how do I beat out the others? Yes. Uh. Yes. And that's where it really comes from. Okay. Um, and stems from. And so you it's when you're in that fear-based mindset that all all boundaries go out the window. Agree, agree. And it took me realizing that this is not healthy for my family. Right. This is not healthy for myself. Yeah. I was always like scared if I missed a call. Yeah. Um well, but that's totally <sighs> scarcity mindset. 100%. You're afraid that if you lose this client, there'll never be another client. If you make the seller mad, you know, you'll never sell another house again. Mm-hmm. It's all scarcity related. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get super focused on that part, then you know, okay, well, if this seller doesn't work out, it's okay. Well, you feel like you have to be the best. I know. And unfortunately, our industry says the best means no boundaries. Right. Hustler. Yeah. Working until midnight. We're, uh, right, right. Answered We're my questions seven. at all hours of the day. Yeah. Like how many times have you heard that as a praise? Well, right. And remember, I brought that up last week in the um, things realtors say. And I said, please don't say. Right. I, I, <laughs> I'm available 24-7 or my business hours are 24-7. No, yep. they should mm-hmm. not be. Whether yours are or not, don't put that message out into the world because mm-hmm. then Every seller hears it. Mm -hmm. So Mr. Jones, the realtor who says that, is affecting everyone who's trying to have boundaries. Right. So do us all the favor Mm -hmm. and just get some real business hours. And setting those expectations up front is totally acceptable. And I think that is also where the templates can come into play. Oh, yeah. Because we outline those in several of them. Just about like when it's okay, how to communicate. Mm -hmm. but but yeah, setting those up front is just the most important thing because you can't go back. And that's why we've talked about before when you respond to the client text at nine o'clock at night. Right. Even if you can. Right. Even if your kids are sleeping and yeah. you're by yourself and it wouldn't hurt anybody. But the problem is it invites it to happen again and again yeah. and again. And it hurts you. Yeah. Like you have to look out for your life also. Okay, well, I think that um, confidence plays a huge part into this. For sure. So if you're not confident in your listing services, if you're not confident in your buyer representation, if you don't know what your systems are, if you don't know how to talk to your value, then when a client gets upset, you're going to get a little off kilter and you're Mm -hmm. not going to be able to say, no, Mr. Seller, I it doesn't help to do an open house every weekend. And mm-hmm. that's not going to be the way we sell you know, your home. And here are the stats and figures on why that's not the case. And I'm the professional. I understand the market. And you guys, the problem is that when the clients get emotional, we just want to avoid them mm-hmm. or we want to give them whatever they want. Yes. Because we just want it to go away. Well, that's one thing I had made a note on is that you know, yes, we are lucky in real estate that our clients rotate. But what about those clients that you have a long-term relationship with? Right. We all have those handful of buyers or sellers where their house is taking a little longer or they're the buyers that look and then take a break and look and take a break. Yeah. And it's our job to set the boundaries on, uh-huh. you know, I have, I had a, um, a couple that, gosh, they still have not bought a house. Okay. <laughs> How long has it been? It's been about six years. Oh, my gosh. But here's the thing. They, it's it's a complicated relationship. Okay. They're a pretty good example, I think, because they did what they were supposed to six years ago. Okay. Got the pre-approval letter. Right. Did everything. Okay. And they really don't send me, like, I haven't even talked to them in eight months. Right. Right now. But what happens is we'll go look for a weekend. They'll get, like. Gung-ho about Gung-ho, it. Gung-ho, and then I won't hear from them for six to eight months. And then they'll email me a house, and we'll wow. go look, and okay. then I don't hear from them. And then we'll go look. And But the thing is, is that when she does reach mm-hmm. out, she wants to go the next day. Oh, my goodness. And I'm, I have gotten to the point where I just had to say, that's not how this works. We have to make appointments. Yeah. I have an appointment at that time. I'm going to be out of town, whatever the case may be. But in the beginning, when I was working with her, I was terrified. You were like, oh, I'll be right there. Yes, I was just like, you know, you got your pre-approval and you did what you're, but it got to the point where 
if I could, if I could make it happen, sure. Right. But if not, like that's okay. And yeah. it's nothing to be scared about. But I think even with sellers, when things aren't going well, we hide. Oh, for sure. It's just natural. Nobody enjoys tough conversations. No, it's not fun. It is work. It's mm-hmm. a job. I mean, it's not going to be all sunshine and roses. Here's mm-hmm. your 10 offers. Mm-hmm. Now, to all the people listening to this who are in those super hot markets right now and have multiple offers on everything, there will come a time when the market levelizes mm-hmm. and your sellers are going to be more difficult. Or you'll get that one property that's just unique and has something going on with it that's going to make it. Well, and sellers can be difficult whether they got multiple offers or not, because then they're going to say, well, we should have taken, here comes the inspection. And Mm -hmm. then the people are asking for repairs and we should have taken that other offer. And Mm -hmm. people can find something to be mad about all the time. Mm -hmm. Like there's going to be like a reason why someone wants to be mad if they want to be mad. Yeah. And you cannot be taking that on as your fault. Um, I had a tough one this year okay. for the first time in a while, one that affected me more emotionally. I feel like I do have to check myself because I don't want to be overly calloused. Like, well, I don't yeah. want to get to this point where I'm just too disconnected. Well, and it is yeah. a fine line. It's yeah. a balance. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy, I mean, you could not make him happy. Nothing was going to do I, it. And, and at first when he started, and he never like cursed at me or. Right. Oh, I've had him do you that. You know, I know me too. He, he never really did that, but he was harsh. Yeah. And had no problem saying things like, we are not pleased. <laughs> you know, but I'm going, oh, what? Okay. I don't like this. I know this is hard. Oh. And the first couple of Lowe's was just, I was thinking, what do I do? Right. You know? And right. then it got to the point where I was like, this is funny. Yeah. I had like, to. I like had to turn you- it into some sort of game. And when he would call me and say, you know, <laughs> we are not pleased with how you are. I'm like, you know, me either. <laughs> the, the fact that these people keep looking at your house and you know, discrediting the fact that you have a pool just because it's old. How dare they? Right. Just you know? go with it. And it was so funny because I actually was talking to my husband about, like, do I let this go? Right. Because it is taking a toll on me emotionally. Right. And I don't want to lose sleep. I don't want to be laying in bed thinking about this house. Yes. Right. And how, but I did have to, and that is always an option. You right. can always, if things get too fire bad, your fire your client. I felt called to figure this out. You, it was like you, a puzzle. It was a challenge. It was a challenge. And I, I'd never, he never got nicer. Oh, okay. But it definitely caught him off guard. And I feel like he didn't know. Like how to react to that. Yeah, he wanted me he, to say, oh, I'm so sorry. He wanted to upset you. <laughs> yeah, he he kind of wanted to bully me and that's assert what he, that's dominance. How, that's how he got his jollies. Yes, exactly. Well, it's pretty funny because I wrote in my notes, you know, accepting that someone can't be pleased and being okay with firing your clients mm-hmm. or... Being happy when they fire you, because I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I've fired any clients. Right. I just try to figure it out. Yeah. But if someone fires me and they were terrible, I've gotten (laughs) much better over the years about saying, great. That's okay. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. It wasn't working out for us anyway. Mm -hmm. And let's just wash our hands of it. Right. Move on. Because no, no one should be losing sleep over this. I had a uh, listing a few years ago where I had to co-list it with another agent in our office due to like relocation type stuff. Okay. It was really like her people. Okay. But because she wasn't reload certified, she had to co-list it. Got it. So anyways, um, I thought it was going <laughs> well. Well, I mean, it. we had had the listing for two or three weeks. It was showing pretty regularly. We were getting feedback that we could do nothing about like right. yard size yeah. and okay um but it would be nine o'clock at night and she's like what do I tell them like like what? and, I'm, and I'm thinking sweetie it's nine o'clock at night why are you even thinking about this oh, go terrible. watch a movie I but know it, it's hard it, it made me sad but it also let me know there is a need and then I remember being in those places where at night you know how can I make this person happy and I was even, I was like, 
just let it go. We are doing our job. Yeah. And and I kind of fussed her. And she said, um, well, I don't see why you're fussing me when I'm just trying to, like, do our job and make make right. the client happy. Like, well, and I said, I'm not fussing you. <laughs> I'm trying to help you. And you need to understand that you can't, there's nothing you can do no. tomorrow no. that would make a contract appear. No. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't work right. and you shouldn't try, but, right. but our marketing efforts are clearly working. Right. Because we are showing. Right. Now, if we were having zero showings, no phone calls, no nothing, it's letting me know we need to figure something out. Right. But in a situation like that, all you can do is keep in communication right. with the cl- with the client and let them know I'm aware. This is the feedback. There's nothing we can yes. do about it. Let's get through the one more weekend. Right. You know, I I like to do that too. Like just say, depending on how the showings are going, hey, if if this weekend nothing happens, let's reconvene next week. Right. And then it kind of gives you a few days of a break right? to not worry about it. Put mm-hmm. it on your calendar to call them on Tuesday and yeah. say, well, that show, that one showing this weekend right. um, said that the yard was too small. And so we're just at a point now where we've had seven showings or right. how, yeah. and it's time to make an adjustment. Yeah. And the only thing that we can change at this time is price or everybody has commented on the purple paint or yeah. every, you know, it's it's more about communicating. Oh, great. And listening. Yes. That sometimes they just want to be upset and mm-hmm. it sounds like they're upset at you, but they're just upset at the process mm-hmm. and they're just upset at the situation. And if you shoulder that as they're really upset at you, mm-hmm. don't make it be about you. It, it's about them and what they're trying to do. And if they feel like they need to berate you, I don't think you should take that necessarily. No. But you can also just like let it roll off your back because... They're not worried about you. They're only worried about them and their situation. Yeah. And there's professional ways to when they are venting to you to say, I say this all the time. Being a seller is no fun. No. And I'm so sorry that, you know, this is happening. Or I've even been been having to have conversations with my buyers up front. And it kind of goes back to not over promising Mm -hmm. up front. Yep. Um, you know, especially when you know that they're interviewing multiple agents or they yeah. know somebody, you you're trying you're, to go out of your way to get the, the, the get the client. Your instinct is to just promise the world, and if you're not going to do those things, I mean, yeah, you really need to evaluate that. But I've had uh-huh. to have conversations with my buyers that I've said, look, you know, five years ago we would go look at seven or eight houses a weekend. Yeah. Right now, I'm lucky if I can send you two or three decent options. Right. And we may go a week or two without even we sending even each see. other anything. Yeah. Because. You know, we see what's available now, and if none of those work, we're just waiting at that point right. for the right thing to come up. Um, but really, because what I don't want to happen is them to say, well, she never sent me anything. Right, right. You know? She wasn't working. Right. Um, so really, I think a lot of emotional boundaries takes place up front. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And it's a boundary in general. But you mm -hmm. have to put the emotional boundaries on yourself Mm -hmm. because you cannot, whether or not you impart, you know, work hour boundaries or boundaries about, you know, your texting policy or whatever those boundaries are, you cannot control your client's emotions. Mm -hmm. They're going to be what they are. So you have to decide, how am I going to handle an emotional client? And right. It's a lot easier if you can keep them within the boundaries of your work rules. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to text you back at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Now, I've heard other agents who, and I've had clients that were bad, who the client would text them 10 times in a row at mm. 10 p.m. and like freaking out, freaking out. But all you can do is be like, if this isn't working out, like in mm-hmm. the morning, if this isn't working out and you need an agent that wants to talk to you at 10 p.m. at night, I understand if you need to interview another agent. Right. Like, this is not going to be the way that we do this. And I found whenever I first started implementing, like, the no responses after a certain time and 
even when I could. And right. The first couple times I can remember sitting on my couch and it was so hard. hard. And I said, no, just set an alarm in the morning to remind you at 9 yeah. a.m. or 8.30 or whatever to respond. And no, the first time that I responded at 8.30 and the client said, um, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I was texting you so late. You know, right. I actually figured out the answer to my question. Okay, a lot of times that's what happens. Yes. They either figure it out <laughs> on their own or they sleep on it and realize it's not a big deal. Uh, so don't let them come into your space. The problem with texting is that you can choose not to turn, like not to go into your email after 6 p.m. Right. You can right. just say, I am not logging into my email. I'm not doing it first thing in the morning. I'm not doing it at night, whatever your choice is. But the texting is tough because you're likely going to see it. Mm -hmm. And the only way you can get better at that is telling them at the beginning, mm -hmm. texting is not my preferred method of communication. Mm -hmm. If you want to reach me, do it via email, you know, whatever the rule is, or I, I am not going to respond to text after 6 p.m. Please send in an email. I will get it first thing in the morning. Whatever your rule is, mm -hmm. whatever your rule is. But that one is hard because you're going to see it. And it may still ruin your night whether you respond or not. And that is the hard thing about texting is that. I know. And I'll, I've said it a hundred times, but to me, a text means look at me now. I'm urgent. Right. I'm, I'm more important than anything else anything, that you're doing. No matter what you're doing with your family right now. But the biggest thing I had written down is if you cannot handle it in that moment. Yes. Um, screenshot it and email it to yourself. I do that all the away. time. Um, make a set a reminder on your phone. Not before bed mm -hmm. and not first thing in the morning. Yeah. So whatever your bedtime routine or morning routine looks like, like if you are waking up at six o'clock to go to a 630 workout class, you can handle zero business at yeah. that time. So you don't yeah. need to be in your workout class thinking about that email that you just saw. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you cannot handle it in that moment, don't look at it and y'all... It makes me feel really good in my brain to say, I can't do anything about this right now. Right. It's just going to have to wait. Yeah. Um, and and that's okay. And it has never backfired on me. Okay, good. Ever. Love it. I can't think of one time um, that it has. Hello friends, we are so excited that so many of you are using the template course and the reviews are just pouring in, letting us know that it has helped your business as much as it has helped our business. Yes, listen to this review. Thank you so much for providing this wealth of information, knowledge, and template form. So far, I've used a handful and received positive feedback like, this is so professional, or I really appreciate how organized you are. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, Your clients are there. actually going to say that. Yes. All right, here's another one. Thank you so much for this. I can't tell you how many times I've started this and how many notebooks of samples and notes I had. <laughs> I have ADHD and it is super hard to stay focused on getting it done. Having it all in one place is going to make it so nice. That is what we're here for. No, just look, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just yeah. use these. Yeah, nice and simple, easy, ready to go, ready for you to put your own logo on, make it sound like you. So head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash course slash course and check it out that's right and you're gonna enjoy them you're gonna love them you're gonna, gonna love change it. your life literally fired <laughs> my assistant they are the best okay, enjoy the template yes enjoy like when you were new yes do you have like memories <laughs> of like what were your before you had boundaries and figured I mean, it out like i would for sure take a late phone call or a late text or jump out of bed to you know, write up a repair response or like it, whatever it was, I will do it. Mm -hmm. I'll be right there. Beck and call girl. I'm ready to go. Um, I think that it was particularly bad. And this computer is a solid four to five years old. My husband bought me a whole new computer because he said the one I had was taking too long to boot up. And when I went to go randomly do a work task at 9 p.m., that mm, was like, took too long. it was taking too long. He's like, I'm going to just get you a faster computer. But what I needed to get myself were just some solid boundaries. Mm -hmm. But it's hard. Like, I'm not saying this is not hard, especially coming from someone who loves to help people. Mm -hmm. It is very difficult for me to say no. Um, I just... 
Like I like, I love the handholding part of real estate. Yes. I love being your, you know, I, I do feel it's a service and not a sales position. So mm-hmm. coming from that service mind, mm-hmm. I want to make you have a good experience. And that means I'm here for you and able to like hold the hand and tell you the things and be available. But I will say again, those email templates, that's really what changed all of the ticky tack questions all the mm-hmm. time that right. I that when people were stressing or freaked out or what happens next or what do I need to do about this termite certificate or how do I do this or when does the when do I hear back on the repairs or how often am I going to get feedback? I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Every single one of those things is addressed in an mm-hmm. email template that they received at the appropriate time in the process. And then they know. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's made that easier on me because they don't come at me with the questions at 8 p.m. Now, Mm -hmm. I want you to think about it as a human. And I tried to Google it, but it wouldn't tell me. How many times do you get a text message that you read and from... (laughs) Hey, Murphy. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) He's talking to us. It's fine. What's he want? I don't... It's just like having a baby in the studio. It's fine. Um, Anyway... How many times have you gotten a text personally from your sister, your mom or whoever, mm-hmm. your friend, and you read it and you want to <laughs> respond and you don't respond, you forget to, and then yep. you like move on and then maybe tomorrow morning you see it and you respond. Yes. Take that brain into your client text. Just <laughs> right. pretend like you wanted to respond, don't respond, and then come back to it. I bet your clients won't even notice. Mm-hmm. They're not, if you don't respond, all they're going to do is ask you again. Hopefully not right away. Right. Hopefully at a more appropriate time. Well, y'all know that I am a lot tougher on my co-op agents than I am my clients. That's what I was going to ask you about taking on the agent part. Go. Yes, because as agents, we do not need to be the agents texting other agents about a deal. <sighs> no. Um, I was telling Katie just last night. Um, well, I had an agent text me at 5.30 p.m. <laughs> And she said, hey, I just sent you an offer on Main Street. And I responded. And I said, awesome. Thank you so much. I'm actually, I just got to swimming lessons with my daughter. I will respond this evening. Well, it was Monday. And we had Monday night dinner. Yeah, you're like, (laughs) I, I have family stuff. So after swim, we go straight to Monday night dinner. And at Monday night dinner, I had all these text messages. And I could see them. From the same agent. From the same agent saying, did you get it? Did you? And I understand it's been two hours. It's now, you know, right. seven o'clock right. or an hour and a half. Um, and she's like, did you get it? Did you get it? And I, and then I started panicking thinking, did, did she right. maybe, maybe it only has like a nine o'clock response <laughs> time or why is maybe she I, asking me? Why is she asking me? Oh, like, she seems very anxious that I have received her offer, but, but I was telling myself I'm at swim lessons and ma- Monday night dinner. And at this moment, I can't do anything about it. Right. But in an hour and a half, I can. Right. In an hour and a half, my four-year-old will be in bed asleep. Right. I can call my seller and say, Mr. Seller, we've received an offer. Right. Here's the terms. But right now, there's nothing I can do about it. But then I started thinking, well, what's the deal with this offer that she's so anxious? Yeah. So I opened my email on my phone at the dinner right. table. Oh, no. And saw, no, I have until tomorrow afternoon to Plenty respond. Of time. Yeah, like I don't understand. So I thought, I'm not even texting her back. She can just anxiously text me. I know now my time frame. Right. You know, and at eight o'clock when I got on my computer to clear out everything, um, I emailed her back and said, received. Thank you. Yeah. And then I called my seller and everything right. was handled by 830. I, I even sent her a counter offer yes. by 845 p.m. And then she sent me all these text messages this morning. <laughs> and, and I said, she said, oh, well, my client will accept if you will come up on the price or come down on the price a little bit. I said, send me a counter. Why are we even having this discussion? Right. So um, anyways, she sent me the accepted purchase agreement. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. So I sent her the email template saying, I'm so excited. We're under contract together. Here's where to bring the deposit check. Mm-hmm. Um, please keep all communication via email for pending transactions. 
Within 45 minutes, I had this string of text messages from her saying, please make sure that the garages or remotes are here and please send me the flood declaration page and please send me. And I just, I just texted her back and said, you have got to email me. We, this has been the hardest 10 hours of a transaction. <laughs> and we just started. Now imagine you have five, six, seven, ten yes. transactions and everybody uh-uh. is conducting business that way. No. It goes to show that systems and boundaries go hand in hand. For sure. And I will be a lot harder on my co-op agents. Yeah. Especially when I've asked you like three times to just it, please. Does this need to be a text? No. If it's a paragraph or longer, Ugh. it's an email, oh friend. My, I can't believe she typed all that. If That's what I don't understand. If it takes up my full, large phone screen. Phone call, email. That is for sure a phone call or email. Mm-hmm. I cannot. Why? Why do you even want to type all that? Maybe they're voice texting, but even still, No, why? she had bullet points. <laughs> there were bullet yeah, points. I don't think you can do bullet points in texting. I can't. Maybe that's, Ugh, maybe that's her text template. She cuts and pastes it. I get. I was oh. just... I had to nip it in the butt real fast because it's yeah. going to be a long 30 days. To I agree. If this is how it's going to go. I agree. Okay. I want to talk about that and how it affects your negotiating power. Yes. So if you're anxious, if your anxious buyer okay. keeps telling you to check on that offer you <laughs> sent, I'm going to tell you coming from the listing agent side of this. I don't feel like you're all that like <laughs> like that serious about this offer. I feel like I can counter pretty high, right? Because you are so excited and anxious to hear. This is what I want to tell the buyer's agent, though. Just because your client said, "Can you check on that again?" doesn't mean you need to go check on it no, again. Doesn't it mean means you, have to. you can say to them, "Hey, I think if we check on it too many times, we are giving up some mm-hmm. negotiating power because we're going to look very needy and anxious." Right. Okay. We don't. We've given them a deadline. I will check on it just before that if we haven't heard. But we're not going to keep asking them every hour on the hour if they've responded to your offer, your repairs, your mm-hmm. whatever it is. It's got a deadline. Right. You don't need to remind them. As long as you confirm the agent has received it. Yes. I do think that we get confused about that and that if you That's don't important. if you don't reach them by phone or email, mm-hmm. then try a text, but somehow you have to confirm that the agent has received your deadline item. Yeah. So whatever it is, a repair request, an offer, they we need to know they have it. Mm-hmm. Then leave them alone. Yes. And please don't I am not gonna lie, I probably use texting in my business far more than you do. But I still put boundaries on it. Sure. And I still don't respond to every text that comes through. And I still often say, hey, you're going to need to email me that so I don't forget. Oh, I use that all. I use that with clients when it, they when they start texting me addresses and things to check on. No, I just remind them, hey, no. and I'm and it's it is for their benefit also. Yes, because when I get to the computer, I don't want to forget that I was supposed to look up something for them on yes. three addresses. Yeah, you know? um, I think too. One of the because these this is definitely not this is more of a boundaries in general episode, but in the emotional part of this, I think that you have to learn what works for you to compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. And if that means a break from so if you get a nasty phone call and you need to go outside and scream and walk your dog or take a nap or do all the things that we talk about in the self-care episode yeah. <laughs> or in the other boundaries episode. Like if you need to go and reset before you can move on mm-hmm. emotionally, that's fine. I think it's okay for you to have emotions. Sure. And it's okay for you to respond to the emotions that are being put into your universe, but you just don't want to let them stay there. Sure. I, I used to wake up in the middle of the night. I know. And worried about my seller that was upset. But all of that was always fueled by me thinking there was something else I could do. Trying to force things. Yeah. I mean, and at some point, you, you just have do. to let it go. It's it's You cannot force the perfect no. house to come on the market. You, and you can't. You cannot for- force mm-hmm. a seller to receive the offer that they want. No. And you can't force them to be happy no matter what the outcomes are. No. And I will tell you, 
the times that I have struggled emotionally where it was my fault yeah. is when I was not doing what I was supposed to be doing. You knew, right. You like, skipped a step. You- I knew I needed to call that seller back. Yeah. I, I know that I'm hiding from this person and I know that they need an update. Yeah. I know that I'm scared to make the phone call. Right. But I have also found that the procrastination prolongs mm-hmm. the misery oh my gosh, so bad. So much. I had a transaction recently and the buyer's agent sent us a repair request and we countered with a they asked for money. We countered with a different money amount. Okay. It I didn't even realize that it was gonna be a thing. Like it wasn't <laughs> we weren't we're not talking about thousands of dollars. Right. It was a very small amount. I felt very good with our response. I couldn't get her to tell me like how it was going over there. So the next day I said, Hey, did you got my response? You know, how's it going? And she didn't respond. The the agent didn't respond. So finally she calls me. uh, Well, I have been emailing her. So finally I texted her and said, Hey, I just want to make sure you're getting my emails. And she called me immediately and said, I'm going to be honest with you. I am just like, she said, I'm a newer agent. I have been procrastinating making this phone call oh, to her clients. to my client because I'm just really worried that they're going oh. to not be pleased and I really am just you know they're very anxious first time home buyers and I and I said, "Well, let's talk about it." You right. know, and and then she still has to make the phone call. Right. But she waited a, a whole day and a half. Oh my goodness! And has been living in emotional misery yeah. this yeah. whole time. Right. When she, it could have all been over yesterday, right? So it's like just picking up the phone when you really don't want I to. I know it's hard. It is so hard sometimes, it's but hard. once you do it and the phone call is over, then you're just like, I'm done. Yes, and I think that that really, you know, we. We talk about setting boundaries with our clients and we talk about setting boundaries with our agents, but also it's up to us to take care of ourselves yeah. emotionally. And mm-hmm. if there is something that you know you need to do that you've been putting off, you just have to do it. Just do it. Just, yes, just do it. It's so hard. And I know because I I catch myself in it these situations. It happens all the time. I'm like, I'm going to save that for later. Yep. I like don't I'll call him after lunch. But honestly, I... The more I have just said, I'm just going to deal with this right now, the the less I'm afraid of it in general. Do you know what Rip I mean? Rip the band-aid like, off. <laughs> so the more times you do it and realize that they're not going to yell at you, they're not going to fire you, they're not going to do something terrible, mm-hmm. then the then it starts to be like, this is not that big of a deal. Right. But I also typically come to my clients with some solution to the problem. Sure. I may take some time before I call them if I don't know the solution. Mm-hmm. Like I may... I may ask my broker. I may ask Mm -hmm. another agent. I may try and think of some creative solutions. I'm not just going to go straight to my client with the problem that I know Mm -hmm. they're going to be upset about with no no way out. Like, oh, sorry, this is the problem. That's why I love my broker. Like, I text her sometimes and say, call me when you have a minute. I need your words. Mm. That's what I say. I say, I need your words. Because she just has a way. Yeah. Of taking the emotions out of what I'm feeling. Right. And I'll say, she'll call me and I'll say, here's the situation. Seller, not showing. This is what's happening. I need to know what to say. And and I'll say, here's what I want to say. <laughs> I want to say, I feel she like this is, you. Yes. So like, for example, I'll say, she'll say, well, tell me what you need to tell him. And I'll say, Mr. Seller, based on this feedback, I feel that we need, don't say I feel. Oh, Yeah. Based on this feedback, we need to, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Not based on this feedback, I feel we need to. Yeah. Like, she just has this way of getting me in the right headspace to... Mm-hmm. Because when you get emotional, professionalism usually goes out the window a little bit. Yep. Um, because even if you're saying the right thing, it's coming from a, a place that's not business. Yeah. And at the end of the day, this is our business. Okay. I'm going to tell you something that you just said that triggered me that I've noticed myself being really careful with lately. And I don't know how long I've been doing this. Um, and this coming from an English major, (laughs) I have tried to stop using the pronoun we Mm. when I talk about our transaction. So when I send an offer, I used to say, we have until 6 p.m. to respond. Now I say, 
you have until mm. 6 p.m. to respond. Or instead yeah. of saying, we got a response from the, you know, for the repair request. I, I'm starting. And I think when you remove the we out mm-hmm. of it, then it is like, I'm a messenger. I'm mm-hmm. the delivery person. You're the one making decisions. I can give you advice, but we mm-hmm. aren't responding to this offer. Yes, you, you are. are. We are not choosing what repairs we want to do. You Mm -hmm. are. We are not doing any of this stuff. I'm here. I'll hold your hand. I'll tell you the answer, you know, if you need some advice. But Mm -hmm. we don't make the decision. You do. Because sometimes I would type it on and be like, "Mm, I don't don't feel like I want to be in the mix of that. Like, I feel like they need to do it and I need to back out. Mm -hmm. So it's just something simple like that. That's a total mindset thing. Just you are you and you're providing a service and you're doing your job. They are them and they're the ones who are trying to sell a house or buy a house. You're not selling or buying a house. Mm-hmm. You're just facilitating. Yes. It's funny because when I was new, I had this client. It was one of my first listings. Okay. I was a crazy person. <laughs> okay. I was probably annoying everybody in my office. About Tell the me fact that I had this listing. Oh, gosh. I was doing way too much. And yes, that it's, it's okay to say that. Like I was doing too much. Oh, uh, yes. So it, if it, it sold <laughs> and they bought something else. Okay. Fast forward seven years. Seven years. They need to sell okay. the house that they bought with you me. You sold them the house. Okay. Mm-hmm. You bought. All right. They don't understand why I am not holding it open every single Sunday, like I did their house seven years ago. Right. And they don't understand why I'm not having like midweek open houses and paying all this money for ads and doing all these crazy things. You set up the wrong standards. Yes, I totally set up the wrong standards. And you know what's funny? It sold like in the same amount of time. As the first one. As the first <laughs> one. So even with all my efforts, the first house that they had took two months. Right. Horrible two months for me the first time because I was working. Working. Way over the too, top. Over the top. Yeah. Over communicating. I mean, just really looking back on it, it was really quite sad. Okay. Okay. And then second go round. Same time. Yeah. I'm not catering the open house and right. I'm not... Doing all these things. Okay. And how did they feel about you the second time? So I think at first, so he he was very blunt and just saying it's different than the first time. And because 60 days is a long time when your house is on the Yeah, market. it really is. And then he's like, well, the first time you were doing things daily and you were and doing- it didn't change the outcome. It didn't change the outcome. And in the end, they were so happy. Right. And I can remember I did my first open house um, on the house the second go round. Mm-hmm. And he said, where are the balloons? No, no, because you had balloons the first Yeah, time. and I hadn't done balloons in years. And, like, and I said, um, oh, well, he said, so there's no beverages and there's no food and there's no balloon. And that was all my fault. Because you showed up that way. Right. He would have never cared. No. Except for the fact that the first go round when I had no boundaries and I was spending every penny I had to make other people happy. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyways, what I, when he, because he was there when I got there 10 minutes early to make sure all the lights were okay. on. And, you know, I have my candle and my flyers and You're stuff like, like that. You're like, it's going to smell good and I've got information. Yeah, I have all the information. I'll be fine. Don't worry. But when he left, I was feeling really down on myself. Yeah, and no, he no. was telling me, like, how well, how will people even know to come? I said, well, it's online and it's in the paper. And I know there's no balloons and right. sandwiches. But, like, I think... That's not why they came. That's not why they came. And it worked out because he has a ring doorbell. So he saw the people come. And God just showed up that day and sent like all the people. people. Thank the Lord. Oh my gosh. I was thinking to myself, if nobody comes, I'm pretty sure he might fire me. Because you didn't have belief. He genuinely believes. next. Right. Well, he didn't know any different. He texted me an hour into the open house and said, looks like it's going really well. Lots of traffic. Okay. And I said, yes, the marketing is working. Oh, thank God. (laughs) That was my response. And I took really good notes and I gave really good feedback from the open house. Love it. 
But it just, it got, I tell this all to say if you are newer or if you are slow and you only have one or two clients, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with having limits and boundaries on what you do for your You listings. can't change your standards for those because when you're busy, no. you won't be able you to live up that. to the standards. And people always say, I wish I had more business. I wish I had more business. But if you are not if you are not handling the business you have professionally right. and you have no boundaries, you can't handle more business. Yeah. You have to right. conduct your business in a way that you could throw in five more clients right. at one time. Right. And they would all get the same level of service. Yeah. And you would keep your mental capacity because the biggest thing when I was reading about like emotional boundaries is that it all comes down to, to like our energy. Yeah. We all have a limited supply mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it's not like we have X amount for work and X amount for no, friends and X amount all, for family. It's just for the day. It's just, you all have the same amount of time and energy mm-hmm. in a day. And if you are just giving it all away all the time, not only does it deplete you, but there are studies out there that show that people who have boundaries have more respect from others. I can imagine. Their clients, their peers, yes. you know, I mean. Right. It may be hard to start, but mm-hmm. it, it will not be, it will not be a bad decision. No. Nothing bad will come out of you having boundaries. Right. And the good thing is, as realtors, it can start at any time. That's right, because your next client has no clue, no idea that you as have long no as boundaries you didn't right sell now. Their house the first time, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any more notes on your emotional boundary? Um, <laughs> you're laughing. What is it? So I heard this quote the other day that I really liked. It's like when people say, like, "Well, you should be doing this, and oh, you God. should be doing that," right. and then it was like, "Well, don't let anybody shit on you." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And I wrote it down because I was like, how did I not invent that? Right. Don't like it, let anybody shoot on you. Yeah, because you... That's so good. I know. I feel like I want it framed in my office oh somewhere my because I'm like that. It's so perfect because... That's where it comes from. Yes. The emotional boundaries come from when we are letting other people yeah. tell us how we're going to live our life, right. when we're going to answer. And we are so fortunate to be in a career where nobody dies. That's right. And it's okay to miss a call. It's okay. Or respond the It's next okay day. to lose a client. It's all okay. You don't, you don't have to. They don't all have to work out. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> that's a really good one. Yeah. That's You're, all I got. Okay, great. It's time for a toast. Beautiful. Okay, today's toast comes to us from Todd and Megan Kennedy. They are in Columbus, Georgia. And they are going to toast Kimberly Durham. Okay, let's see. Um, We met towards the end of last year, and she loves community over competition just as much as I do. She is a breath of fresh air, and I'm so thankful for her friendship and support at showing our local community how we can lift our fellow realtor friends up. She exudes happiness and love. Beautiful. My gosh. Cheers to Kimberly. Cheers, Kimberly. And thank you to Megan. Um, that was an awesome toast. Yeah, that was I a good I love one. that. That's so good. All of our friends who love the community over competition. Mm-hmm. That's good. Okay, friends, we love you, but we will put our boundaries onto you. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.